Hi, and welcome to Hyperfixations, the podcast where we invite various interesting people on to talk about their niche area of interest that they could just talk forever about. Here are your hosts. I'm Ali. And I'm Nigel. And today we have Dev. Dev, how are you? I'm, I'm good. Uh, I, I was saying before we, before we started recording, I'm kind of weirdly nervous about this because um, basically I put out a tweet about this uh, just saying that I needed to, to talk to someone about it. And I'll be honest, I wasn't <laughs> expecting anyone to actually take me up on it. So I'm a little bit nervous that, that, that I might, that I, I hopefully I have enough, uh, enough to say about this. But, um, but yeah, yeah I'm, in, I'm, or- I'm good. in organizing this, you promised, uh, you promised, you can only promise um, incoherent ramblings. And it's like, that's exactly what this show is about, really. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Enthusiastic, incoherent ramblings. <laughs> well, that, that I can do. So we're all good. It's like the, like when I was saying, I think it was in Katie's episode saying like the meme is just like, you know, the, the meme of like, you know, like the cruise liner and the person like parasailing, just like, you know, um, or like surfing, just being like cruise liner being like, the like the episode in general and then like there's like whatever the fuck like um it ends up being (laughs) (laughs) amazing Um, we did an episode on um anamorphs and it sort of became then this like really intense discussion of if you could become one animal what would it be wow and then what what was it that I picked? Because I had like a really specific animal for stealth reasons, and it was like water a really buff- water buffalo. What water buffalo? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> because like you can get really close to your targets if you're a water buffalo. Because if you're in an indoor setting and you're a water buffalo, everyone's coming up to be like, "What's that water buffalo doing?" It's like it's more intense right. than bring a dog in. Like, so so the conversation yeah. was, "What animal would you be?" From a tactical perspective, rather than yes. just yes. a personality thing, right? Okay, right. I, I, yeah, I like if you could morph that. into an animal, um, right? Okay, yes. And the second so option was a water buffalo. Sorry, I'm derailing the conversation. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, because in the books it was like, oh, this person can turn like w- turns into a fly to spy on rooms and stuff, and I was like, no, nah, water buffalo. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, so, Dev, what are you here to talk to us about today? Uh, I am here to talk about, specifically talk about uh, the recent um, free game that Sega released called The Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, and also talk a little Damn, bit Damn, I hope he's okay. Uh, uh, well, I don't want to spoil anything, <laughs> but but the, the, the marketing is just putting out that, that, that Sonic is dead. Um, very Sonic much fucking died. Just in, in the same way, in the same way that, that Nietzsche started... Um, beyond good and evil, with God is dead and we killed him. Um, <laughs> Sega starts starts the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog with Sonic's dead and 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 we killed him, which I think is that's the level we're talking about in terms of like literature. <laughs> I haven't gotten round to playing uh, the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog because like my laptop can't really uh, run Steam properly without just tanking. But I didn't think we were going to start it off with drawing straight from Nietzsche. <laughs> We're dealing yeah, with like. I'll be honest. Neither, neither did I. That that came out of a very strange part of my brain. <laughs> okay, but now I'm going to hold you to that. Do, does the rest of the game conform to some sort of Nietzschean ideology? Like, is there clear examples of the Ubermensch? Um, do you do you hunt monsters and gaze long into the abyss? Does it gaze long into you, Dad? <laughs> I mean, I feel like there there is a certain level of abyss in the game, um, right? And I think uh, it does definitely have. Um, a kind of deus ex machina towards the end, and there is a sort of Ubermensch-like figure. Um, Shadow but, the Hedgehog. But, 
but no, not 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 no. quite. Um, but uh, I, I don't want to spoil it for you. But I will say that that there is a Deus Ex Machina at the end, and there is a sort of Ubermensch like figure. Um, so uh, yeah, it it weirdly does does have have more parallels than uh, more parallels than I than I, I realize now that I'm thinking about it. That's, that's quite <laughs> yeah. quite terrifying. Now I think it has more it. parallels than you realize at the start of this very episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. It's more right. than you might think. I need to go sit in the dark for a bit and ponder this because this is... I might mm. I might need to come back and have another episode about how about the the about Nietzsche specifically. Nietzsche specifically, yeah. yes. What have hyperfixations? What have we learned? <laughs> it's like a, okay. a part two. Yes, sorry. Yes. Um. For so for other people who aren't in the know, what exactly is the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog? Like I know you mentioned that it's a free game that Sega put out, but like. What is it in essence? So, um, basically, so the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog is a visual novel game that was made by Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog's social media team over the course of a year. Um, it it basically just seems to have been the social media team seemed to have just gone to Sega, being like, "We want to make this thing for April Fool's the April Fool's Day," and Sega sort of just went, uh, "Yeah, sure, okay, then whatever." Gave them a team, gave them some money. Uh, and then they made this sort of two to three hour visual novel and then um, released it for, for free on, on Steam on the 1st of April. Kind of kind of doing that kind of um, April Fool thing correctly, I think, like actually giving people something for it. Mm. Um, mm. Using like taking the opportunity to kind of experiment with a new genre for the franchise. And um, basically it had no right to be as, as good as as it is and the, the it's been downloaded now in the first week it was downloaded over a million times and wow. is now the, the 61st highest rated game on steam uh of all time which is incredible considering that it's a free game it's two to three hours long it's a visual novel and it's a sonic game all of those things conspire against it hitting those numbers and 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 getting that kind of praise but it's it has managed because it is very good uh, both both as a, a visual novel as a story but then also as a as an entry into the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise. Mm. I think I think that that's really key if you're trying to make something as a, <clears throat> I'm putting it up specifically on April Fools because mm. we're all expecting jokes then so I feel like internally it has to be consistent coherent and like without reproach for like what it's trying to do yeah like it's interesting that's key it's really interesting because i think another team i think i can't remember if it was sonic team specifically or if it was like a studio the studio that is currently working on a sonic game or something like that i can't remember but they also did an april fool's a sonic themed april fool's thing where they shared screenshots of like a sonic the hedgehog romance simulator and and that one very much backfired because everyone was just like, this is weak, basically, because Sonic, like, we, 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 we've been given this free game that has, that, you know, that has been made by the social media team and you are a game studio and you've just given us three screenshots and gone, haha, you want this, but you're never going to get it, you know? So it, it, was, it was interesting as an illustration of, um, yeah, how to, do, how to do the kind of corporate April Fool's thing. Yeah, um, yeah, which is really interesting. Uh, and as well, like the Sonic fan base has a tenuous at best relationship with Sega most of the time, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I do. Actually, I did actually want to talk about that because I think 
well, Sega has an interesting relationship with the Sonic fandom. Um, in, well, particular parts of the fandom, we'll call it, because the mm. <laughs> because the the Sonic games for quite a while have not been very good. I'll say it. I'm happy to say that. Um, but it's meant that you've got this community that kind of doesn't really. Some of which this doesn't apply to all of it. This is a bit of a generalization. It's not true for all of the fandom, but a lot of the fandom don't take themselves too seriously because they're very aware that the thing that they are um, a, a fan of is a series of slightly mediocre games. Um, yeah. But it means, it means you have this really, really creative community, like from, from you know, people who speedrun Sonic games, and which is a huge part of it. Um, but also, like, people have made mods of Sonic games specifically for speedrunning. And for speedrunners to kind of have fun with, like the, there's there's a mod of there's a specific ROM hack where they've taken the first three Sonic games that were on the Sega Mega Drive, um, smashed them together. But the way it works is that every time you, um, every time Sonic picks up a ring, it switches game. Oh, so, right. So you you pick so you could be in like you know Green Hill Zone, the the first level of the first game, for instance. You pick up a ring. And then it'll transport you to like the end of Sonic Three, and then the moment you pick up a ring there, it transports you to another another level somewhere. It's completely randomized, um, and it's and basically you have speedrunners who know these games completely <clears throat> backwards, um, running these games and having to like kind of play three games at once in very short bursts, which is really really interesting and and also just just very 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 silly as well. Um, and then, uh, but but you, you so you've got and and you've got a really big uh, ROM hacking in around that as well to the point where, um, and this is kind of where I talk about Sega having a relationship with some of the the community around the games is that you have Sega at certain points hiring people from the fandom from the community to make games, and every time they've done that, it's gone really well. So uh, the kind of biggest is this a biggest, common enough? practice well, then is it's it? it's happened enough time for there to be a pattern i think so, right to not uh, be statistically an outlier exactly yeah like if um because i think in the i'm trying to think when it was i think it was maybe like the 2010s uh sega were sega released like a mobile port of i think it was sonic cd onto phones and it wasn't very good it got terrible reviews nobody nobody downloaded it um but instead, this this guy, this this person who did ROM hacks of Sonic games, Christian Whitehead, um, essentially sent Sega like a prototype, being like, "Hi, uh, your port of Sonic sucks. Um, here's one that I've made <laughs> that's better." And then Sega went, "Oh wow, no, this is better. Um, let's hire this guy." So uh, Christian Whitehead and a few other people from the Sonic ROM hacking community ported the Sonic games to mobile and, and they're still available and, and they've gone down really, really well. And then it got to the stage where Sega went, all right, okay, um, we're going to give you some money to make an original Sonic game, which became Sonic Mania, which is one of the best-selling Sonic games of all time. And it's also one of the best critically received Sonic the Hedgehog games of all time. Um, whereas, you know, from Sonic Team, everything from like Sonic Adventure 2 upwards is is for some reason trying to be really edgy and and anime and it it mm. never worked it has never worked um and i include sonic frontiers in that i know it's kind of had a mixed reception but i, I just think it's tonally all over the place um and when you and, say uh, that is there 
Is there a large disparity then between what's best selling in the Sonic franchise and what's critically well received? Yeah, I I, I think so because I think um, I think the the problem that that Sonic Team, which is the studio that tends to make the Sonic games, the problem that they have is that they will make a game with a with an idea or a concept in mind, being like, right, we're gonna we're gonna try this, you know. So for Sonic Frontiers, which is the kind of newest uh, kind of mainline Sonic game. That's like an open world, and um, right. but but basically, mm. if it if it doesn't work, um, if it doesn't work or it doesn't go very well, rather than going okay, like or, or even even if it does work, they don't think right. How can we improve on this in the next game? They just go. They just they just scrap it. Start on another game and start like from a completely different um, gimmick. Like they start from a completely different gimmick, a different idea. So it's like there's there's no so it means you've got all these games that kind of almost work and it's like if there was a sequel to this they'd be able to perfect this and they'd be able to make it better and they'd be able to kind of iterate on previous games they just don't do that you know they're, but they're, they're, they're constantly trying to it feels like they're either trying to ape popular game other popular games mm. being like well this game did this and it worked really well let's do that um, like Sonic Frontiers you can look at something like Shadow of the Colossus and how they've they've tried to do Shadow of the Colossus in Sonic the Hedgehog, and but 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 tonally those two games don't work together, so it means that they're having to crowbar a tone, crowbar an attitude, um, into into these games, and and it it just it never works, and it means that you never know what you're gonna get with every new Sonic game, um, which is which is which is why they don't do very well because you know a lot of the time the games feel half finished which is what the big criticism of Sonic Frontiers is um or it feels like they're underdeveloped or they're just or they, they they've not been made they've not really had a level of polish on them they, 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 they don't feel like they've had a genuine amount of care attached to them um and so they don't do very well critically they still sell loads because the Sonic fandom is is rabid for more Sonic games um but like critically, they don't do very well, um, and they've never reached the kind of level of of like Mario games, like like Mario Odyssey, for instance, which 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 um, is a fantastic game. It's it's wonderful and it works really well because there's a level of care put into it. Mm. Whereas is Sonic games tend to feel like they're just sort of haphazardly thrown together a load of different elements and then put it in a box and shipped it out. Um, you get that level of care and attention with the games where they've hired people from the community and the fandom to make games. Um, and I feel like Sonic the Hedgehog, abs sorry, sorry, the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog definitely falls within that bracket um, of games that where they've gone to the community and gone, what do you want to make? And then they've gone, well, let's try this. And, and it's worked because they've actually taken the time to think about what they want to do and how they're going to make it work. Nice, because it's interesting that you say that they like, you know, um bring the like fandom into it because it's often it's often a thing like when people say like oh fans should be left like write things like let fans like do things and sometimes i will admit that it kind of inspires a bit of a knee-jerk eye-roll reaction mainly because it tends to be like people who will say like you know like let fans write this and i'm just mm. like okay but like what makes you think that the fans will necessarily have anything like better to yes <laughs> better i will write it any better than like you know like the the official script writers, like, say, for a TV show or whatever. But yeah. now that you say it, but when you say that, just some kind of, like, well, like, you know, I, I can't argue with the results. Like, you know, that's kind of, <laughs> that's cool. Like, you know, 
Like in the community, like, you know, being like, this is what we want. And then it ends up being really good. I mean, like, I think I, I, I broadly agree with you as well. Like, but, but I think... <laughs> it's a gen- the... like, yeah, like, my thing is kind of like, it's a generalization, like, but... Yeah, but I mean, I think the, the, why it works when it comes to Sonic the Hedgehog is because there is such a, um, the, 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 the sort of fan community around it is very, very, very diverse and it, they, they kind of focus on different aspects of the, you know, you get, um, people like myself who grew up playing the original games on the, on the Sega and they, they kind of aren't really interested in the 3d stuff like i kind of i've kind of dipped my toe in the 3d stuff and i'm like i don't really get the same feeling playing these as i do um the 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 sort of 2d the original 2d game mm, yeah um the easy answer there is that they should never have let sonic talk which is a, a defensible <laughs> position i think um but uh but but the result of that is you get people like christian whitehead who made these ports and ended up going on to make sonic mania who have done nothing but take apart these, the, these, these like three or four games. They, they, like mm. they, they've, they've spent a, like a good chunk of their, their, their life taking apart these games, figuring out how they work, figuring out what people like about them, what people don't like about them, and sort of taking, taking them and finessing them and um, putting bits back together in different orders and things and, and working out what the perfect formula for this kind of game would be. And then Sega have gone, okay, make it. And then they've gone and done it. And that's why you have something like Sonic Mania. Um, I think with uh, the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog, I think it's kind of the other side of the community that is all about the characters and their personalities. Um, and specifically, like the the side of the community that has watched the the t- the, the cartoons and watched the animes and and have kept up with that, um, and like know who the voice actor for Sonic is. I keep forgetting. I, I don't know. <laughs> I've n- I've never been able. I never. I've never been able to tell you who who has voiced Sonic the Hedgehog at any given time. Um, it's, on tip, some, it's on the tip of my tongue. Like... Uh, yeah, at some point it will be Chris Pratt. But until then, um... no. <laughs> it's inevitable Dev, if... <laughs> Dev can can you shant <laughs> just take a quick second to to shant right to, to not <laughs> can you don't <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry i <laughs> touched on a nerve there thank you for it <laughs> no because because it's going to be it's going to become real <laughs> <laughs> i have i will <laughs> i have one fear and it's Chris Pratt. It's He's this. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Next thing we know, we will we we will all be voiced by Chris Pratt. <laughs> I I will say this. I, I think um, Ben Schwartz. It's is me, fantastic... Mario. <laughs> Mushroom Kingdom. Here we go. <laughs> I do want to take a second to say that I really like Ben Schwartz as. Sonic the Hedgehog, I think Ben Schwartz is just a really cool person in general. Um, mm. I've kind of followed them since they they were kind of an improv comedian, and I thought they were very funny when they did that. So um, it's great to see that um, that they're now the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog. That's weird, two worlds colliding. Um, but, but yes, sorry, I was talking about uh, the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog and how it speaks to a, sp- a specific part of the yeah the community that um really likes the characters and and I think also it's kind of a nod to the fan fiction community as well which for Sonic the Hedgehog is is large and scary at times um but uh, one of my best friends was a really influential Sonic the Hedgehog fanfic writer Oh really? Um, <laughs> yeah, 
and wrote like a what was called a genre defining uh, Sonic the Hedgehog high school like Aufic back in the day. Oh, wow, <laughs> obsessed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there's this whole thing about like like it got really big in the Sonic fandom or whatever. But then it was like people um, messaging her, talking like talking about how it helped them with their like their relationships and stuff. Wow. <laughs> I love that. Like that's, that's all really I. Cool. I don't. I don't know whether this person wants it on air. So all I will say is, Ali, um, this person has been a, a guest on this show before. Ooh. <laughs> I feel like I know who it is now, but I'm kind of guessing. Yeah, <laughs> you can you can message me. Um, I'll message you later. But, yeah. Uh. But yeah, like it does seem to be that there is, like you say, the Sonic fandom is is rabid for content, and like. Was this always the case, or is this now like a reaction to such a drought of like bad or like you say unfinished games? And so, like, they're snapping for each new bit they get, hoping it will be the sort of thing that they would have grown up with if it's a case like you or just something they're passionate about if they're a newer fan to the franchise. I think it's maybe a bit of both. I mean, I like, uh, I kind of <clears throat> I know when I sort of, um, you know, so to kind of give you a very potted history of of um, me and Sonic, um, basically. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, I, oh, I said the, I said the phrase, heard it, and then went, "Oh, that was weird." Um, yeah. But, uh, so um, I was born in 1992, um, a scarily long time ago now, and uh, the first Sonic the Hedgehog came out in 1991. And uh, in at the end of 1991, my parents got a Sega Mega Drive. And um, what my what my mum would do uh, when I was I was a baby would um, basically after dinner she would kind of put me on her lap and play Sonic the Hedgehog, and I would fall asleep. And then um, what what that what that did for my mental development, I will never know, and I don't particularly <laughs> want to pull on that particular thread. Um, but uh, it's um... Sonic all the way down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And people wonder why I don't have an attention span, um, but uh, and why I talk really fast. So, and then um, a few years later, when my brother was born, uh, we had Sonic the Hedgehog two. And what would happen would be so in Sonic the, in Sonic two, you it, they introduced the character of Tails, and um, when you were playing Sonic two. On, on the Sega, if you had a second controller, the second controller could be Tails, and and it wasn't. It was it was kind of like I don't know if you if you guys have played Mario Galaxy, where it's like if you have yes. another player, they become a star and they just pick up bits. It was the equivalent of that. Um, right. And, yes. You know, Sonic would spin off off screen, and then Tails would disappear, and then you didn't have anything to do until Sonic until Tails like flew in the screen and landed again. Um, but for like three year old me, introduction to video games, it was kind of perfect. Um, and, and that's, that's kind of, that, so I kind of grew up with the first two Sonic games. And then, uh, when I, when I kind of went to university, I kind of started taking an interest in retro video games. Um, and that's when I kind of, that's kind of when I would say, I think I properly entered the, the fandom. I was playing ROM hacks. I was, um, sort of looking up, um, there's a, there's a, there's a, a really big, a music remixing community as well, because the music in the series has always been, it's the one consistent thing is that the music of the series has always been stellar. Um, and, um, I mean, I like, it's like, with some Sonic music, like 
I've no interest in playing Shadow the Hedgehog, even though I know a disturbing amount of the quotes from it. But like, <laughs> I am all of me. Kind of went hard. <laughs> yeah, like some of the music from Sonic Frontiers is amazing. And I'm like, it's like, it's, it's absolutely capturing the kind of edgy emo-ness of like the early 2000s. And then like, but like... In a way, to the point where they've got like the singer from Sleeping with Sirens doing a song. Kellen like, Quinn. Yeah, and, and and you're just like, I I didn't know they were still around. Okay then. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, that takes me back. Right. Does that's, it, a me- that's a memory. Like, right. I haven't like... thought about Sleeping with Sirens since <laughs> I would say like 2015, 2016. Mm. But this is this is the thing. Like it was very much just like I kind of I was listening and I'm like you know. Oh, this sounds like the kind of thing I would listen to when I was a teenager. And then I looked at who the who the vocalist was, and I'm like, "Hang on a uh, second! Whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa!" They were the singer from I'm... a band I listened to like twice. <laughs> like... I remember um, buying an issue of Kerrang, and it was like, <laughs> "Does that take you back?" It does. Yes, it does. Yes, um, and it was like a, a secrets about songs thing you know that was the like oh, special wow. feature in it so it's all like you know like uh fun facts about the songs or what they're about i remember kellen had supplied one for the song kick me by sleeping with sirens or it's called like kick or kick me or something like that mm. and the secret was oh it's about people who like kick you when you're down you know and it's like <laughs> The song is called, like, Kick Me, and the lyrics are like, you kick, kick, kick me when I'm down. That's not a secret. I'm like, that's, that's not subtext, that's... No, that's, that's text. the text. That's text. <laughs> that's text, baby. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I think that's kind of when I properly started getting into things. I, I, I think I didn't really play, like, I've only sort of, tangentially played a few of the sort of more modern games not not for very long in any case because i've just fallen off them being like this isn't this isn't i feel like when i'm playing a sonic game i'm chasing a particular feeling rather than like right i'm coming for any particular uh like i'm not really there for the story i'm not particularly there for um the characters i'm kind of there for <laughs> i'm gonna start i'm gonna turn into a meme in a second like just like i'm there to go fast you know <laughs> like it's, it's the it's that feeling of, for the vibes of, yeah exactly. i'm there to you know that that feeling of um very very like um precision platforming but also going very fast at the same time and um figuring out ways to to um get through a level quicker and having these uh having these amazing end bosses and and listening to some amazing music like that that's kind of what i want to get from uh from uh a sonic game and and this this visual novel this free visual novel that was released on april fool's day gives me that feeling in a very strange way um yeah because i mean a, a separate separately i also really like visual novel ga- novel games like I'm, I'm a big big fan of the ace attorney series mm. so i, I was kind of like i'm gonna enjoy this anyway um but mm. then they also kind of bring in um they do the kind of danganronpa thing where like it's like right okay 
I need to formulate an argument. And then to formulate this argument, your character takes out like a like a, a, a game gear and plays this like Sonic mini game. Um, so it's a, it's it, like it, it feels a lot like stimming, to be honest. Like you're kind of you take you take out this little games console and you play this little endless runner game until you you kind of figure out what your thoughts are and then you pitch your argument. Which Liter- like, another addition to the literally me cinematic universe, right? But like, yeah, it's just like okay, hang on a second, I just need to play this. I just need to play this game on my phone for a bit, and then <laughs> and then I'll go and then I'll be right with you. Right, I'll I be with you there. Yeah. Now. yeah. Um, but uh, but the mini game they have you play is it, first of all, it's very very simple, but it um, it gives you that feeling of um, precision platforming while also going very fast, um, which is cool. So they, they've somehow managed to capture the essence of a Sonic the Hedgehog game in a visual novel, which is which you know most people would say that's impossible, but they've somehow managed, which is great. They did it, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um. I talked about how it kind of connects with the the part of the um, community that um, writes fan fiction and is really there for the characters. I, I think that side of the fandom gets maligned quite a lot. And I think a big reason behind that is because when that sort of side of the fandom was first formulating, it was kind of in the early days of the internet. And a large part of that community is queer and neurodivergent. So they very much just got kind of lumped in with like um with all of the communities that featured queer and neurodivergent people and like oh they're weird you know and and mm. they're, they're they're weird and and they're cringe they're cringe and slightly perverse like that kind of thing um and you know like all fandoms there there are strange outlier elements like that there is a there's a there's a weirdly evangelical christian wing to the sonic fandom that has become an in joke um that is not a sentence i thought i'd hear right like it's it's once you find that it one it's, brian it's actually... david gilbert videos is playing in the background <laughs> but, but it's it's like you you get you like it was sort of this thing where if you first saw it, you would think it was a joke, but then eventually you realize that some of these people are posting this not ironically, where like, you know, like you have minion memes. Mm. Yeah. So before minion memes were a thing, people would put like Bible quotes over pictures of Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> and um, initially when I saw these, I thought this is clearly a joke, but then um, this is a joke I don't understand. Um, but then it was like, oh no, 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 there, there, there is a section of people who who genuinely they're living and dying seriously. by it yeah um but like again the sonic community is one of them i feel like it's one of the most self-aware communities out there and that like the, the occasionally there's just the sort of knowing nod to it um like uh in um i don't know if any of you have seen the snap cube uh sonic fan dubs i don't, I don't think even so. know what a snap cube okay. is Okay, so Snaptube is the is the the name of the person that like runs it. So so oh, this right. is, I thought this, this was an... a device. Sorry. No, 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 no. So the, it's a YouTube series, and I feel like it's another example of like the Sonic community being very, very creative in very odd ways. So um, the Sonic fan dub series is a group of um, improv performers will get together, and they'll watch. Um, all the cutscenes from a Sonic from well, they they sort of branched out from Sonic games, but the the kind of main ones are the Sonic games. They'll watch all the cutscenes of a Sonic game at once, like at once. They'll watch them in sequence, but like they'll watch them all, um, and they'll they'll dub it, but they'll improvise it. So they don't do any rehearsal, they don't do any planning, um, they don't they don't 
practice or anything like that. They just go, right, we're going to hit play. We're going to record this. And then they build, they basically have to come up with a story um, while these cutscenes are playing out. It's like, it shouldn't work. And sometimes it doesn't, but um, it's, it's very funny. And, and, they've become so popular to the point where they've kind of been absorbed into the Sonic fandom as part of the Sonic fandom, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Like the, there was a line in one of them where um, a character introduced themselves as Memphis, Tennessee. Um, and uh, to kind of show you the kind of, you know, the, 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 the caliber of, of, of these stories, the, 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 their core character thing is that they're a weeaboo. Um, um and also uh, a gamer tm um but uh so th they introduced themselves but because basically the voice actor while they were doing this introduction they they f they realized they hadn't thought of a name so just improvised this name memphis tennessee um so then later on somebody who was a really big fan of the dubs was at like a convention and met the original voice actor for that character and then got them to say the line, my name is Memphis, Tennessee. So it became this <laughs> weird, like, meta thing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but anyway, the reason I bring these up um, is that uh, there's a, they, did, they did Shadow the Hedgehog most recently. Um, and they managed Incredible. to factor in quite a lot of the quotes as well, which is quite fun. Um, but uh, there's a point where Shadow the Hedgehog goes, you know, right, it's time for me to ascend. And then uh, Sonic the Hedgehog goes, the only one who can ascend is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> to which Sonic the Hedgehog goes, I'm going to become the one person more powerful, the President of the United <laughs> States. <laughs> it's, honestly, they're, honestly, they're great. Go watch them. They're great. This, <laughs> is, this is the plot of JoJo's Part 7. <laughs> Because also, while you were explaining what a Snapcase fan dub was, it really, like, reminded me of the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Bridge dubs, which, like, seems to be the same thing. It's, it's the same, yeah, it's the, they come from, yeah. from the same cloth, I think. Yeah. Mm. And not, not to get too much off, off of track, but I feel like this, this could definitely be the next uh, Tin Can Audio thing. Is some, <laughs> some, I mean, it would probably be a very, very trippy, very experimental audio thing, but all of the dialogue improvised. <laughs> <laughs> I'd listen to that. <laughs> Who's going up the tower? Oh, it's Sonic on his way to become the president of the United States. Hey. I don't, I, like, uh. it's just, I did, I, when I was at university, I did improv. I, I don't have that kind of brain anymore. <laughs> it's just, I don't have that, the spontaneity Im that I used to. Yeah. Um, improv really is like, I don't know, like people seem to think it's easy because you're just making up shit on the spot, but it's hard. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm, always, I, I'm always like to people like, Oh, I'm going to improv class. And they're like, class? Really? What? Class for that? And I'm like, well, yes. Yeah. Yes. There, there is a whole... Te like, it's kind of become standardized now, which is, which is, I realize is a very old person thing to say. But it's, it's like, um, it's very much, there's now a theory and a practice behind it. And there, there's like different mm. schools. There's, there's the UK school of improv, which is, used to be called Impro. And then there's the kind of, there's the US kind of approach, which was kind of... Um, sort of devised by the Upright Citizens Brigade in Chicago, and there's sort of there's a lot of crossover, but at the same time, like there's there's elements where both of these schools disagree, and I'm like, this is the, this is this is improv. I don't understand. Um, but mm. uh, yeah, I'm aware we've been talking for 45 minutes, and I've barely talked about the game. <laughs> 
Has it actually this... been that long? Shit. <laughs> yeah. Look, this is this is what we, this is what we promised. It was somewhat it was fun, somewhat uh, incoherent rambling. Um, <laughs> but now, shall we get down to brass tacks and and uh, examine the case of, of the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog? <laughs> yes, let's, let's cue up some Ace Attorney or... music. Um... I was in Law and Order Special <laughs> Victims Unit. So it's going to be the Immortal Snail episode. It's just going to be me singing for like, <laughs> like a combined total of ten minutes. That's <laughs> all our. That's all our legal team has allowed us to recreate. Yeah, um... apologies. <laughs> so. First, uh, probably the first thing to talk about. It is, it is related. The soundtrack to the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh my god! It's just the, the, there's a sort of particular genre that you hear in Sonic games, or the good ones at least, where it's this kind of upbeat, very bright, very poppy synth music. It's it's very um, euphoric, um, but it's also like very lyrical as well. And it's it's oh man, like I just I love it. Like it's it's the kind of music I wish I could make. Um, but I've never quite been able to master it. Um, and I think in terms of like my professional work, I think the only thing that has had any kind of influence is the music. Um, and and this is a fantastic, like as soon as I finished the game, I sort of went, right, is the soundtrack anywhere? And came across a, a load of forum posts being like, when is the soundtrack coming out? And somebody had already like ripped it from the game's files and uploaded it somewhere. And I'm just like, this community is great. They know what's important. The music, <laughs> always. Um, but also, it does really like the 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 protagonist is non-binary, which I really love. I think that's that's, that's always great. That's always a good thing. I think. Um, and uh, they're a quaka. I uh, forgot I that wrong. what game we were talking about because I was about <laughs> to say Sonic is non-binary, and then no, he's dead. <laughs> That's one for the out of context quote. Sonic is not binary. No, he's... Wait, no, he's dead. <laughs> you know, you know, it's just like the the shortest the shortest short story. <laughs> yes. Sonic is non-binary? No, he's dead. That's great. Wait, um... Sonic's non-binary. No, he's dead. That's also six words. The Eat six your heart out, Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> I'd argue that's more powerful. It has a has a setup and a twist. It's great. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so non-binary protagonist, which is really cool. Uh, the characters are all kind of draw. They're, they're very much. They're, I, I don't want to say they're drawn in like a fan art style, because that because that 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 sounds kind of derivative, and I don't feel. And like also, like, what is a fan art style? Exactly, really? exactly. But yeah. it's it's like it's, um, because they're they're. They're sort of static 2D images. It means they've they've really taken the time to go into the art and, and what the characters look like. So they, they all look fantastic. They all look really cool. They've all got little particular quirks about what they're wearing. Um, uh, Espio the Chameleon is wearing a skirt, which I just think is really cute. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think. And then... Um, and just kind of that attention to detail, I think, is the big thing. Like, so the, the writing is just is just amazing. Like, it's clearly been written with love and joy, but also everyone's clearly having a very good time. Um, like, the, there's a there's a point in the game. Uh, I'm trying to remember the exact kind of quote of it, just because it was like it very much does these sort of like um, 
they don't really do a fourth wall break, but it's very much they do um they do the thing where it's just like this is just a wild thing for a character to say. Uh like in um so the the, the basic idea of the game is that you're on a train um and um the the train is like only for events, which I think is very specific and, and strange. Um and the the idea is is that you can only book this train to go on um events and amy hires the train to have a murder mystery party for her birthday and it... uh the murder mystery is that everyone's been given a role everyone's been given like a specific thing um and then uh sonic dies and um r.i.p but, but yeah r.i.p <laughs> pull one out for for a real one and um and then uh, uh <laughs> and then uh, like everyone leaves but then your character kind of looks at Sonic and then basically you realize that Sonic's not breathing, y'all. So, and then rather than saying, hang on a second, I think um, I think there might be something wrong here. It's just like, right, well, the only thing we can really do is solve the murder mysteries, though it's a real thing. <laughs> which, doesn't, which is an odd way to react to it. But anyway, one of the cars, you all the, all the train cars are themed as well, um, because of course. And one of them is a sort of Wild West saloon themed car. And on the uh, on the wall is a wanted poster for uh, this kind of little blue robot called Omochao that kind of appear in a lot of Sonic games. Oh and you yes, Omochao. Yeah. So you click on um, you click on the poster, and uh, your character says, "Decent cash reward for finding this robot. Maybe I'll keep an eye out." Uh, to which Tails then says, "Oh, poor Omochao. I hate to see them like this." Um, <laughs> to which your character goes, "What do they do?" And then Tails says, "Medical malpractice." <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and that's the end that's the end of that co- that's the end of that conversation like, okay like i i I had to step away from my computer because that broke me so hard like there's just loads of lovely little moments like that lovely lots of little hidden hidden little stories and uh jokes that are kind of along those lines um and yeah, it's it's just it's stuff like that that makes it clear that like this is this has been a labor of love and something that has had a lot of love and joy, uh, both for the 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 franchise and and for the fandom as well because it's made by the social media team, right? So their entire job is engaging with the yeah. The, they're the, the first fandom. port of call. Exactly. Like so, so they they know why people love this franchise and and I'm I'm willing to bet it's it's the reason why they love it as well uh and and like just on a tangent if you ever get a chance to look at the sonic the hedgehog like the official sonic the hedgehog twitter profile you will not believe it's an official twitter profile they do a lot of weird stuff on that on that twitter like they did like a series where it was like cooking with eggman where they had this like weird eggman puppet doing these weird like cooking shows it was very it's very strange and a lot of the social media posts feel like shit posts but they're from like an official Sonic the Hedgehog account. It's it's wild. Their um, bio says the official Twitter feed for news about all things Sonic. We also like memes. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard I've heard about the Sonic the Hedgehog like um like Twitter account and just how chaotic it is. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is also you know I think also speaks to. The community around it like 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 they they know what they're here for you know like they they know like they know that that the thing they spend a lot of time 
enjoying and playing and 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 you know writing about or or doing tributes to or anything like that they know these games are kind of terrible objectively um, good for them also it's a franchise where it's a it's a blue it's a, like it's a cocky blue hedgehog that likes chili dogs and running very quickly like you know it's not it's not a deep kind of thing you know um but it's not same, dostoevsky people it's not Dostoevsky, or indeed Nietzsche, until now. But um, until now, until God, now, I can't wait for Sonic's take on Dostoevsky. <laughs> Can you imagine the brothers Karamazov, but it's Sonic, Knuckles, and Tails? <laughs> Whoa! So you're saying if Jesus came back now, he'd be prosecuted? <laughs> Whoa, man! You're blowing Whoa. my mind right now. Whoa! <laughs> That's not cool. <laughs> That's way uncool. Way past cool. See, I've, I've just realized that the voice I do when I'm doing Sonic is the voice that they do in the Snapcube fan dubs. <laughs> For me, that's the... So if you ask me who the, who the voice of Sonic is, I'm going to say Penny Parker. Which is... <laughs> which is profoundly strange. Anyway. Um... Mm. <laughs> Whoa. Uh... Whoa. But uh, yeah, and like, I think... Like I said, they managed to capture the spirit of all the best parts of a Sonic game, including the platforming and the, and the sort of um, precision going very fast um, part of it. I'm, I'm curious to see if there are any speedruns for this game, because it's a visual novel, so most of the time it's just read, 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 read click on a button, read, 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 click on a button, read, read, read click on a button. Um, so I don't know if there's speedruns, but I, I, I suspect there probably will be, but it'll be like, like Cooking Mama speedruns, where it's kind of like, we're just doing this because it's silly. Um, but we're going to spend an inordinate amount of time on this very silly thing. Um, yeah. Is that the only mechanic that's in it? Just like going through text or is there like searching portions like there is in the Ace Attorney? Like how much does it borrow, let's say, from the Ace Attorney series? So it, it kind of you get the you, you do have sort of the investigation phase part of things. But but basically it's like you go into a room. There's somebody in the room that doesn't want to talk to you um and so you and tails you know click on various things and you you gather clues it goes into like your 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 um your sort of journal and then you speak to the character and then you basically you sort of give a given like two or three statements you click on the one you think is true and then you you then you do your little um danganronpa um little mini game <laughs> endless run a mini game and then you go ah okay this is the answer to what you've just said um uh it's because basically the way the conversations go in media res right is that you know your character will go well look here's the thing let's say knuckles um i i think the reason why uh this is like this is because you did this and then knuckles will go prove it and then <laughs> your character will go give me just a second take out like a game gear <laughs> play a game for maybe about 20 seconds and then put it away and go here's why <laughs> <laughs> which is which is joyous i think um but uh yeah so so you you've kind of got the i feel like it, it's it's i don't know if you played the danganronpa games i played like I one of them i'm pretty sure what like years ago um, i mean the honest the honest like it's very much to... like a like like a I shouldn't be playing this game, you know, like very young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the, the the first game is called Trigger Happy Havoc and and to be honest, like yeah, a lot like I don't I, I I'm glad I played them, but I would not recommend anyone else play them because it is there's a lot of edgy for the sake of being edgy. 
And oh, and... like how Persona 3's villain is just Adolf Hitler. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's kind of like it does it does the very like Death Note thing where it's a lot of people explaining their reasonings and then kind of going the reason I don't think you are the killer is because of of this and I can see this and I figured this out and it's just that going around in a circle forever and mm. it's, it's just like the characters all know this like <laughs> like you're just explaining the plot while nothing is happening. Um, uh, Kira and... would expect me to pick this up, but unless Kira has anticipated that, I would anticipate that he it's knew exactly... I was going to pick this up. It is exactly that with the it's same thinking, level like, the of princess, edginess. The Princess Bride, like, with the poison goblet thing. Like, yes. thing, but you wouldn't do, like, just trying to figure it out, like, figure things out in real time. Yeah. See, but, but, Ali, but, you've fallen victim to one of the classic blunders there. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. You went toe to toe with a Sicilian when death was on the line. <laughs> I love how he gives that speech and then just, like, fucking dies. He dies. Yeah. <laughs> He's he's just no longer in the film. They were like, yeah, Inigo and, and Fezzik, they're fine. We can like redeem them. And there's just Vizini is like, no, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fuck this guy specifically. Um, but yeah, so the, the the reason I mentioned the Dagon Romper games is that I think that's kind of similar in terms of the mechanics, in that you have a right. you have a phase and then you have a phase and then you have a phase. And the and also like the sort of random mini games that don't really make sense in context, but like they're just part of the gameplay process. Um, mm. It's not like Ace Attorney where it's just collect clues, go to court, and you know pick out clues and and kind of form an argument. It's like collect clues, um, form an argument, do a couple of mini games, um, and then the mini games are kind of kind of you formulating your argument and and making your case. And and then you're like, right, okay, then that's done. Move on to the next room. You move through to the next train car in this case. And then all of the evidence you've just collected disappears because they're just like, well, you don't need that anymore because you're in a different <laughs> place rather than Ace Attorney where it's like, here is everything. You get, here's all the evidence from like the last, the last day, the last time we were in court, all the way through to like the, the two days you've been investigating. There is so much evidence for you to comb through here. Whereas this game's much more like, okay, you don't need that anymore. You've used it. It's fine. Put that away. Escape room um, rules. Exactly. And there's no like fail conditions either. It's it's just like if it doesn't work, oh. you just Tails just goes, eh, try again. Uh <laughs> oh, okay. So so there's no there's yeah, there's no fail conditions and you can just keep trying until you get it, regardless of whether you can figure it out or not. Yeah, well, I mean, most of the time you've only got like two or three options. Like and, and Yeah, but you can just you, hammer through them if you don't want to like do the brain work. Yeah, yeah, you can you you can brute force this game, but the 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 other side as well is that like the the mm. mini game, the endless runner mini game, um, it gets quite hard. Like like it it's, it starts getting very tight and quite difficult towards the end. I didn't realize until after I'd completed the game that it has accessibility settings. Um, oh. So ba basically, like um, towards the end of the game, um, you get a lot more of the mini game. Um, and just to the point where like, I, I, I blitzed through this game in like an afternoon um, but it meant by the time I got to the end like basically the, the endless runner sections were making me a bit dizzy um, uh, but basically like there was, a, there was an option in the accessibility settings that would have turned that off so that, that, that was just me not noticing the accessibility settings um, but, Was it uh, motion blur? A little bit of motion blur yeah but basically it was just I was looking at the same screen over and over again and it has like a track and like a right. repeating track and the track was just repeating and and i think you know if you watch if you look at like a spinning pattern and look at your hand like your hand starts spinning mm -hmm. it was mm -hmm. it was that but 
in video game form, basically. Um, but uh, but um, I forgot I forgot what my point was there. Sorry. <laughs> or you were talking about the uh, how there's no like fail condition; you can just do that again. I yeah, do just, like the. I have, I have a term for that thing, though, like the opposite of that, where you're given loads of choices and you just like m- like do every combination till you get the right one. Because it's also like in the um, Frogware Sherlock Holmes games, which is where I came up with this term. And I'm like bizarrely proud of it. Um, okay. I was just picking a lock with a sledgehammer. <laughs> yeah, like it, it like I, I get that a lot when I used to play a lot of point and click games. Like, um, at a certain point, especially in like the early two thousands, like 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 the Lucas Arts ones. Well, the Lucas Arts ones were were kind of okay in that like they didn't have any fail conditions. Like like, and I feel like they were quite clear comparatively. Whereas well, like full a throttle lot... was a prick. That's true. Yes, I mean there are yeah, yeah. exceptions. I I never played that one unfortunately, um, but um, yeah, like. So many of them, like you'd get, you know, you'd be at a point, and it was like, oh yeah, you've you've got to hammer this nail into this specific piece of wood, and then drop it down a well. I was like, how would anyone know to do that? <laughs> like, that's not a hint of that anyway. Like, there was so much of that in the early two thousands with point and clicks. I feel. What was um, what was the point and click game? The one with the ghost that people couldn't get past. It would like run up and headbutt you. Oh, I don't, I don't remember. I don't know. There's one of them, and it's like really infamous for being because this was like it might have been even before the early 2000s, but back in the era where like game guides weren't readily available, like you could mm. get some with magazines, and that was it. There wasn't like you know nowadays when when a new game comes out, someone like I don't know Power Picks or Achievement Hunter will have this is how to get absolutely everything in the game. This yeah, is how you can like get the most amount of um, money in Elden Ring straight off the bat. Blah blah blah. Um. Like it's all sort of like there now, but back in that you didn't have that. You you had to like suffer through it and figure it out yourself, or you just put the game down. You just put, yeah. you just walked away. <laughs> you yeah. just, you just yeah. It's really um informed who I am as a as, as a gamer TM now, being like. Like, I will just stop playing the game when it isn't fun anymore. I don't care whether it's a good game or not. Yeah. I sunk over 100 hours into Death Stranding because I thought that game was fun as fuck. I love Death Stranding. Mm. But, like, I got to a certain stage in Bloodborne where I was like, this is not fun anymore. I don't want to play. And it's not the difficulty. It just wasn't fun. Yeah. And Listen, like, if it's not fun, why, like... Yeah, I think. Sorry, Deadly. This is you cut across. Yeah, no, no, it's 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 valid. Like, I mean, it's 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 why it's why there are so many Sonic games I haven't fully played because, like, you know, there's so many games where it's like, oh yeah, you know, you've you've got to it becomes good after the first three hours, and I'm like, well, what? Like, (laughs) (laughs) and I think I think I do have a a short um, not short fuse, but like I feel like this is maybe something that that Sonic the Hedgehog has informed where it's just like if a game if a game's like initial gameplay loop doesn't grab me straight away I find it very difficult to to get into like like I feel I have to really persevere with RPGs specifically um just because like mm. uh, especially with um with things like Final Fantasy and Chrono Trigger like I feel like with quite a, quite a lot of those games um the 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 kind of introduction takes so long 
Um, whereas, you know, with with some, I, I I feel like it's an unfair comparison, but like, um, it with with kind of big epic RPGs, it takes me so long to get into them, uh, because there's so much setup. Whereas, um, with something like uh, the Sonic games, or, or I'd even say also like a lot of Metroidvania games as well. It's just a case of right, boom, there you go, off you go, you know, do your thing. Um, because I think what I what what's interesting about the two D Sonic games specifically is that like the story is kind of optional. Um, you can just play it for the gameplay, and I think a large part of the community just vibes, just yeah, just vibes. They they just enjoy the feeling they get when they play the games, um, and that you know I, I think that is why there's such a big Sonic speedrunning community, right? Because uh, everyone is loves playing these games and trying to go as fast as they can and they go right okay how can i make this go even faster you know like is, is there is there something is there a way for me to kind of exploit how the game is made to make me go even faster um and turns out there is basically there's a the, the biggest exploit from a lot of the original games is that if you can get yourself stuck in a wall and then like get the sonic sprite to touch a wall the game suddenly goes we don't know where Sonic is, and when the game doesn't know where Sonic is, it just goes right. Um, we'll we'll put Sonic at the default location, which is the end of the level. <laughs> <laughs> it means you can complete levels in like two seconds. It's it's incredible. Yeah, I think I think that that's like an important counter argument to those articles that come out every time a. FromSoft game or a Souls-like game comes out where it talks about should games have a easy mode. And I don't think that's the question people should be asking. It's not should games be easy, it should games be fun. And like you say, Dev, like you need to grab people with that like initial gameplay loop and you need to make it rewarding but also like fun, you know, because they're they're not necessarily the same thing. Because no. especially those those 2D Sonic games you mentioned, it's a fairly simple premise. You just run fast. You run yeah. fast, you go over obstacles, collect things. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, like the, the, the big joke is just like, you only ever need one ring. Why would you bother picking up more? And the honest answer is because they make a really lovely noise that hits the endorphins in your brain every time you pick one up. <laughs> it's like, like you want to pick them up, even though you, you only really need one. Um, Do you? Well, yeah. So, so in the basically, basically the the the. I mean, if you collect a hundred of them, you get an extra life. But right, but okay. Basically, so Mario rules. Yeah. Yeah, you get hurt, you lose all your rings, right? That's that's the the thing. But but like, so it doesn't matter if you've got fifty rings or you've got one ring. Um, if you get hurt, you're gonna lose all of them anyway. Um, I mean, my argument is the more rings you have, the more you can pick up after you've been hurt. You know? Okay. Like, yeah. If you've only got if you only got one ring, it's difficult to run after it and get it. Whereas if you've got a hundred rings spilling out of you in a way I don't particularly want to think about, um, it's you, oh, you, you've got you've got more that you can grab in a hurry. You know. Um, yeah. But, uh, but also the little ding noise it makes, um, and you can see the counter going up in the corner. <laughs> hits the endorphins in the brain, and it wants wants you to do it more, and you should do that again. I agree. The rings make a really nice noise, and the good whole thing. Design. And the whole thing about you know saying like, "Oh, this game gets good," like you know, like ten hours into it. Like it always just reminds me. I think it was when Luigi's Mansion Three came out, and it said, "It's like, well, I'm here to tell you that Luigi's Mansion Three gets good about thirty seconds into it, 
yeah. when, like, you see, I think it was a toad driving a bus. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, that, that's the benchmark. <laughs> that I'm setting games up from now on. But yeah, like, I, I think, because... Specifically talking about Luigi's Mansion in particular, but also, like, talking about Nintendo games in general, and something that I think they do really right. Um, and I think it's something that Sonic Team has forgotten. Um, because I, I can, I promise, I can tie this to what we're talking about. <laughs> um, the 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 sort of ethos of Nintendo when they're making Mario games is, you know, they, they think of themselves more as like a toy company rather than a video game company. So oh, okay. they're, they're they're kind of like we want people to have fun while they're they we want people to have fun just moving around. You know, yeah. like, and it's, and, and they, they, they get, you know, like, if you play any Mario game, it's fun to just run around and jump, even if you're kind of aimlessly, even if you're not aiming for anything in particular, it's just a, it just feels good to move around in. And, um, I think that's the same feeling you get when, at least the same feeling I get when I play a good Sonic game. It's like, this feels fun to move, move around in. It feels fun to play in. Whereas the the kind of mainline Sonic games are aren't really in, it feels like they're not really interested in having fun anymore. It's much more about like they're they're kind of trying to be edgy but like arty at the same time, mm. which doesn't work. You know, like you know, like I mentioned Shadow of the Colossus earlier. Like in Sonic Frontiers, you have these big creatures that are essentially colossi, and you have to. Um, you have to defeat them with Sonic by like doing the kind of going up the legs thing, and and it's it's like yeah it looks good but it doesn't doesn't feel good like it's it's not it's not fun, um and it's not fun to get there either, like the idea of an open world Sonic game should be good, you know like oh you you're gonna make this playground where we can just run around and jump on things and um discover secrets and stuff but it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't quite work it feels very haphazard it doesn't really feel like it's been put together with any kind of cohesive um vision in mind like the, the people haven't really thought well here's a here's a really cool way you can get from here to here like they've just sort of put stuff haphazardly all over the place mm. um whereas i think nintendo have always had that that sense of you know like we want it to be fun to just you know walk from the door to the other door you know we want that to be a fun experience um whereas sonic sonic team are like how can we make this edgy and like uh, um, cinematic and and cool. It's like, well, that's that's not really what people want from these games, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. The um. What are the bets then that like the next Sonic game is going to be a Breath of the Wild rip? Well, a lot of people think that's what Frontiers is, right? Um, because Breath of the Wild did like did so well. Um, a lot of people think that that this is essentially so- like a lot of people were saying this is Sonic Breath of the Wild, um, <coughs> and like I said, it should like as an idea. I think it's something that a lot of people in in the Sonic community have wanted for a very long time, and uh, there are people who have made um, open world Sonic the Hedgehog games because there's a certain element of that in the in the original Sonic Adventure games, um, in particular the first one, um, where you could. You know, you could go from you had like the town area, 
and then you could kind of go to levels there and then you um would get on a train and then go to like the ancient ruins you could run around the ancient ruins and and there'd be like specific levels i think what they had like i think they're called action zones and oh i can't remember they're two very specific names but they're two different kinds of zones but there was an element of open world to it but it was quite small like they were sort of confined to you know here's a town uh here's a a base here's a here's a temple you know so it was like big open world levels but they were still kind of contained mm-hmm. um and those worked really well and i think i think a lot of people want were, were hoping it would be that feeling but it, it just something just didn't didn't quite work with it for some reason yeah it's very hard to like it's very hard to emulate a specific game mm. and do it well. Mm. Like, because you can do games in a similar genre. You know, like, Ubisoft doesn't have this market on open world sandbox games from its, like, you know, Assassin's Creed games. But then you can also, because then you can also have, like, Rockstar will come in and do GTA 5 yeah. and Red Dead Redemption 2, and they're really good. But then when you're like, this is, this is like a clone of whatever rarely ever is it good and just like when i have breath of the wild on the mind immortals phoenix rising um which ubisoft put out is a very bad not fun at all clone of breath (laughs) of the wild however um the pathless which is like um I, I can't remember what the studio who developed it is, but it was it was published by Annapurna, which oh, is yeah. they're they're fantastic for like publishing indie games. I really like them. Um but it's it's a really it's a fantastic game because it sort of takes like the bones of Breath of the Wild and does a lot more with them mm. instead of just like trying to do exactly what made Breath of the Wild work. Um mm. which I feel yeah. like is probably the case with uh, Sonic Frontiers and copying both Breath of the Wild and Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, like I feel like it's just like right, we'll just put Sonic in this game rather than like okay, what do we do well? You know, what 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 when people think of a Sonic game, what do they think of? You know, mm. it feels like it's kind of lost that core ethos, I guess, that core vibe. Um and I feel like it's kind of had that identity crisis since I think Sonic Adventure Two, um, which was an which was a very very good game. Um, I mean, it was still a bit of a broken mess, but in like a way that was like, oh, this is Sonic. Um, but uh, but kind of after that, they've not really made anything that um, that's kind of hit the same the same kind of level of of popularity i mean like you had sonic generations but the reason why people like sonic generations was that it was like a tribute to um it was like a celebration of i think it was it would have been 50 years it came out in 1991 Uh, i think it was 25 years um it was like a a celebration Mm. of the 20 25 years of sonic the hedgehog so they they redid old levels from like the, the the kind of classic games they had 2d and 3d levels and uh and so it kind of the the kind of took the best parts of um the 3d games and the 2d games put them into this this kind of one game um and then had a really kind of tongue-in-cheek story about having like a classic sonic like a small sonic the hedgehog that doesn't speak 
and like the kind of more grown up Sonic in the 3D games that does talk and mm. kind of and having two different versions of Robotnik, which is quite fun. Um, but is that was two versions of Robotnik, the... Robotnik and Dr. Eggman then. I, I, I think it's always see this is the thing it's I think it's always been Dr. Eggman, but my mum always referred to him as Robotnik. So I've, I've just always. Um, but that is a thing, right? He is referred to it. And then like that's in certain. Certain parts of the Sonic canon. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, look, so I what, mean, what, what, what is the distinction? I believe and I could be wrong about this. I believe I think the way they do it in Sonic Generations. I mean, I haven't played it in a while, so I might be misremembering. Is that like the Robotnik from the or the the Eggman from like the 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 first like the classic Sonic games is like Eggman's um, father or something? So yeah, so like because I think the full name is Doctor Ivor Eggman Robotnik. Um, oh, ringing a bell, yeah, with Eggman in like quotes. Um, but like, yeah, I feel like, I feel like Robotnik is, is a better villain name than Eggman. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think, I think it's just Eggman. I think it's Dr. Eggman now. Uh, but I don't really know when, when that change happened or, or even if, if that's like a, a, a deliberate thing, but I think, um, I suspect another part of it also is like a translation thing. Cause I think. Maybe. Yeah. Because I, th- I don't know if it was just like, because they had different, you know, the, the, the original games, they had like a different manual in like Europe and in America and like different artwork and stuff. So um, I suspect it might be a case of in America, um, he was called Dr. Eggman, but in Europe he was called Dr. Robotnik. I suspect that might have been what happened. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's one of those weird inconsistencies among among many in the, <laughs> in the Sonic canon. There's just a lot. Yeah, if if there is a consistent canon, I don't think there is. Like like it, at no point. Like sometimes they go, "Oh, do you remember when this happened?" And they sort of do that, and so they try to do this in Sonic Frontiers, where they reference previous Sonic games, kind of going, "Oh yes, these all take place within the same universe." Most of the games don't bother. Sonic Forces <laughs> happens in the apocalypse. When, when, when does that happen compared to anything else? Um, who knows? Who knows? Never explained. Uh, <laughs> I can't hear you. Too busy running. Yeah. <laughs> Too busy going fast. Um, yeah. As much as like, I'm, I'm aware I said like maybe like 10, 15 minutes ago that nobody, I don't really play it for the story, but it's just funny looking at the story and going, when is this happening? When was the last game? When where does this sit? And you know they they haven't they haven't tried to do the Zelda thing where it's like we're gonna try and form these into some actual timeline that doesn't make any sense. Um, where they're like we're gonna have. Do you remember when Sonic had a timeline? human girlfriend? But yes, oh Sonic Six. We all remember Sonic Six. <laughs> yep, that was a. That was a particular low point. That was that game. Did you serve on like the a... front during the during Sonic 06? <laughs> I, I I didn't play. I didn't have an Xbox 360. Sadly, so I didn't. I didn't have a modern console enough to play it. Um, ah. I have. I have watched many a, a playthrough of it though. But like, um, but yeah, it's just uh, like that. That was that was supposed to be like a reboot of the series. Like, and and they, they tried to they, they tried to turn it into like a. 
like a, a an epic Final Fantasy esque quest with like with these cartoon characters. But wasn't like, there wasn't there a thing in that game where like they told Elise she had to do something to like save the world and she wouldn't do it because that would mean that she couldn't be with Sonic anymore? <laughs> or she wouldn't remember him or something, and she was like, no, fuck that, like, it's, I'm gonna let everyone die. It's just, oh, god, like, oh. Like, I've never played this game. I don't but, even think I've seen a full video of it, but, like, I just know bits of what happens in it. I would recommend watching the, the Snapcube fan dub of it. It has a better story. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, see, this is the thing, because you have, the, they're just like, right, we're gonna tell a serious story with this blue rat um but um but then you get like the sonic boom tv show which is really good but it's like it's got this kind of knowing like it, they do the typical like saturday morning cartoon thing but like they have this knowing nod to um to to like the history but also like like they know it's a cartoon like they, they, there's an episode where eggman gets kicked out of his evil base because um because I, th- I think it was like there's like something wrong with it, or there's something that needs fixed, and he, he can't live there. So he moves in with Sonic the Hedgehog, and they have like basically Eggman is a terrible flatmate, and it's him and Amy going, "What are we gonna do about Eggman?" <laughs> okay, I I, I want to watch this. Like... It's it's so like it it's it's very funny. But then also like there's a point where Eggman is like meeting his like evil associates or something, and it's like right, I have a new plan to defeat Sonic the Hedgehog, and then Shadow the Hedgehog walks in. And and everyone's like, who is this? And then Eggman goes, who is this? He's only the second most popular character in the entire canon. <laughs> it's just That's... that level of, we know why you're here. <laughs> I'm aware of Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, the um, that cartoon. Just because when Robotnik said snooping as usual, but he said snooping as usual. And then everyone <laughs> just said pingus. <laughs> Is that where that came from? I didn't yeah. have no idea that's where Pingus came from. Yeah. <laughs> Snoop Ping as usual. <laughs> Just Wow, I've I've learned something today. Sonic like the impact that Sonic has had on our culture. Always like... in the background, always watching. Sonic yeah. forever. <laughs> Do any of you remember Sonic Underground? Yes. Oh, I'm aware again word. aware of it like Sonic the, Underground. Music Sonic. went weirdly hard again. Like, yeah. They seriously. made a vow. Their mother must be found. Sonic. Oh. Yeah. Sonic's in a band now. <laughs> and he's got two siblings who are also I in remember the band. That. And their mother is a deposed princess who, like, <laughs> they came up with every sort of contrivance for the plot for her not to be found so they could keep extending it. Like, you know, because it was a kids' TV show. I remember there was like one episode where she was like right there with them. They like encountered her and they didn't realize she was their mother and they like went on. Uh, and then the like show got canceled. So we never really got any resolution <laughs> to whether they. Um, they never did find Sonic's mom. Yeah. It was just. It was just the fact that, like, in every episode, they have a had they have like a contrivance where it's like, right, we all need to like press on our necklaces to like bring our instruments out, and we need to play like a gig right now. 
And all of a sudden, yeah. like they're in a stadium and there's people there, and then the song ends, and then they're just back to where they were. And it's like, did you did you go away to do that and come back, or or did like that appear around you? Like, what 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 are the rules of this universe? Where does this fit in with the Sonic canon? <laughs> God has cursed me for my hubris, and my work is never finished. <laughs> No, like no, not a like a game, not a um, like TV show, but like remember how hard Sonic Heroes went. <laughs> Sonic Heroes is is like an is almost a good game. Like yeah, like, like it is a good like it is a good game. It's Sonic fun. Heroes. <laughs> it's fun. Sonic Heroes is fun, which is which is why I kind of put it up in the like Sonic games that I'm kind of almost okay with like <laughs> the problem with sonic heroes is that like the sort of trio system was just broken like uh, it was it was al- almost worked um but it, it almost fun. worked um but uh, yeah <laughs> oh sonic heroes i want to play that now I mean, I, can you get that on steam maybe that's Tune into tune into devs twitch channel soon <laughs> <laughs> oh no i've made a promise to not play Sonic games on 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 stream. The, the 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 people that watch me on stream have made it very clear that they do not want me to play Sonic games on stream. <laughs> Why I not? I, I don't think. Well, the thing is, I I so I I I was going to say this at the top of the episode, and it's one of the reasons I'm I'm very thankful that you've kind of invited me on to talk about this today. Like, I'm sort of very aware now of where my professional circles and also where my kind of friendship circles are in terms of like where they cross over with various like fandoms so like Mm. if i like i know if i talk about star trek most of the people that i know most of the people that i'm kind of in groups with will be like yeah we also watch star trek we we get what you're talking about Mm. um and that's kind of true for the people my kind of viewership and on on twitch and also like the people that listen to to the podcast that i make as well um i feel like there's a lot of overlap with with star trek um uh in terms of vibes but um (laughs) but but that's not true of sonic the hedgehog (laughs) like like there is there is no sonic the hedgehog is kind of in a little circle away from all the other circles (laughs) and i'm okay with this like i get it but like it's just there there are certain things that like if I mention them, I'll just be greeted by like a stone silence. What what I used to do with the streams was that I used to put up a poll on like my Patreon Discord, being like, "What do you want to see next?" And every time I put a Sonic game up, every time there was an option for a Sonic game, there'd be no votes for it. <laughs> no. So after the while, after a while, I got the hint. <laughs> You're like, these guys are not Sonic fans. Fair enough. Yeah. You yeah, know that like Vine where it's like. Hey, are you sad? No, I'm sad. I know, David. I have feelings too. I know, David. And it's like that's you be like, I want to play Sonic. I know, Dev. <laughs> we know, Dev. <laughs> <laughs> we know. Always. I'm never not wanting to play Sonic games. <laughs> Incredible. Um... Sort of your default state. Yeah, like if if you put me in front of like a good Sonic game, like I'm sorted for the afternoon. <laughs> I'm aware that just made me sound like a toddler. <laughs> Honestly, valid. Like if you put me in front of like Super Mario Galaxy, like oh, and give marvelous. me a working a properly working Wii remote again, um, or it's kind of our nunchuck that's a bit dodgy. Um, <laughs> then like yeah, I'm sorted. 
Yeah, I managed to find I managed to find like a really cheap secondhand version of the sort of anniversary set of Mario games. So it was like oh, it was Mario yeah. Mario sixty four, the... Mario Sunshine, and Mario Galaxy. That was for the Switch, wasn't it? Yes, and yep. uh, they handle it really sort of. You you. It took me a while to remember like how to do the controls because you you still have to you have to use the the Joy Cons almost as Wii remotes to kind of point at stuff. Okay. So it, t- it takes a while to get used to again, but it's it's still it still holds up. It's still a lot. Oh, of that's cool. Um, I'll have to see if maybe maybe they'll do that again sometime. I mean, like it's it's at the stage now where you can get it secondhand for like twenty quid. That's fair. Which is like they they, they tried to like make it like a demand thing, but then everyone's like, oh, I've played these now. I don't really. I don't really need to play them again. <laughs> don't need to play them again. Yeah, and as well, because Switch games retain their value like they're blood diamonds for some reason. Yeah, uh, yeah, weirdly, the physical ones, definitely, yeah. Um, which is very... I think, I think it's genuinely just because, like, the prices are so high and, and like, any drop in, like, two quid, people are willing to buy them. It's, it's, a, str- it's a strange little ecosystem they've got with the Switch. really is. Yeah, we were looking through uh, old games the other day, and we found out we ha- how we still have our original copies of Super Mario Galaxy and Super Mario Galaxy Two from when they first came out. Yeah, like um, my parents were having a clear out, and they they basically at Christmas they gave me this big box which had like a Wii and like all our old Wii games in there, and um, had Mario Galaxy, had. Uh, Mario Kart Wii, which which still I love up. Mario Kart mm. Wii. So there is still so Mario Kart Wii is now like has like fifteen years old. It's fifteen years old, Shit. but like people still play it. Like so, there is still a Mario Kart Wii World Cup held every year. Um, because they what they've done is they've managed to create their own like custom servers, and because they're custom servers, you get like custom maps and like custom characters. Um, and it's now like become this, this really, really big community with, with like, it's, they can now offer like cash prizes and stuff. Like it's, it's that level of, of, of size now. And that, that's, that's on, on the Wii still, which I think is amazing. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, I've got a Wii now. I need to set it up properly and I need to, need to jailbreak it so I can connect to the proper servers. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I'm interested in giving that a go. Cause I love, I love that. I played that game to death. Such a good game. I remember with Super Mario Galaxy 2, my main memory was, was that my we, my brother bought it when we were in London, and so like he couldn't play it because like you know we didn't we obviously didn't bring the Wii with us to London. Yeah. So, but there was a DVD tutorial, <laughs> like um, and every morning for some reason because my older brother and I were sharing a room, but then our youngest brother would, for some reason, every morning he would just bring the portable DVD player into our room. And watch the DVD of the tutorial, like so. I would just wake up to that every morning for the rest of the holiday. That's oh my word! That's that's fantastic. That was very fun. <laughs> oh man! So uh, I'm gonna have to to dash off in a, uh, soon. Just to yeah, just to, I was about to, to say. I know. think that's a good place to wrap it up. Amazing. Um, Dev, where can we find you? Uh, that's a good question. You can find me uh, on most places as Tin Can Audio, uh, with the exception of TikTok, which is at Tin Can Audio Presents. Um, you may have seen me do a remix of We Will Rock You, where Freddie Mercury calls you a big, big boy. Um, that <laughs> seems to be my legacy on the internet now. 
um i also do i make audio dramas i make podcasts uh, as tin can audio uh, i also stream on twitch every mondays and wednesdays um not playing sonic games yet one day um and uh we're currently making a series I'm, I'm currently doing a series where on a monday i will write an audio drama based off an old book cover and then i'll turn that into an audio drama on so record it edit it score it on um, a wednesday and um i'm that's going to be throughout April, but I'm hoping I to really enjoyed Swim that as well. Thank you. I, I was very kind of unsure of that one because it's it's very. Um, uh, I feel like because I got all the way through and before realizing at no point do I explain to the listener that this person is a submariner. Hopefully that gets communicated <laughs> through context. Um, but uh, I, I, the the day we're recording, I've got a stream tonight where I'm editing a monologue we wrote um, last on Monday called "The Feet." Nice. Just, it's just called the feet. Mm. It's from a book about the the cover is for, from a book about um, foot hygiene, which I I never want to read. Um, and uh, it's it started out as a very silly story that ended up being about workplace anxiety. So it's 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 a it's a weird time, but it's also very chill and fun, I think as well. Mm. And they can also hear you in the Bore Night, correct? Yes. From Phil and Scholar. <laughs> keep forgetting i'm in that that's really bad but yes i am i am in the boar knight as uh winifred the bard i'm a bardic gnome and i have a magical accordion living my living my best life frankly amazing hmm. um nigel where can we find you uh you can find me mainly on twitter at spicy nigel where recently i've been i've been tweeting about how i really wish i had gotten in on succession when it was first starting because people seem to be having a lot of like emotion over the current like, oh final season. yeah i need i need to start watching that i'm just gonna do what i did with game of thrones and end up starting watching it shortly after it finishes permanently <laughs> mm. yeah i I've also i also had a, a chess tip for people uh chess tip place a mirror behind your opponent so you can see their moves <laughs> <laughs> amazing i was uh, i was watching a film recently where it was like a it was a man from uncle film in the six from the 60s and they're do, they're playing a chess game and then somebody goes check and then the other person says i think you're bluffing <laughs> me me just great just great. that reminds i had an idea earlier on today for like somehow to implement into D mechanics you could lie to the dm Kind of like how bullshit works. So, like, you can oh, lie, wow. and the DM could either choose to accept that or choose to call you on it. And if you are lying, then there's like some, like, it's like, you know, essentially like a nat one, like, critical <laughs> fail thing um, or something like that. I don't know how you would imp implement it, but I was just like, I think this could be a fun system. <laughs> pretty, pretty fun. You can find me on Twitter at alicat underscore ali spelled like alleyway, cat spelled with a K. And you can find me on Instagram at Ali, A-L-L-Y underscore K underscore Keegan. You can find the podcast at Hyperfixations P on Twitter. Or at Hyperfixations Pod on Instagram. Rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or... No, just that. Those are the <laughs> only two places. Podcasts are nowhere else. Wherever. If you would like to come onto the show to discuss one of your hyperfixations, please feel free to reach out at any of the aforementioned social media. If you like the show, tell a friend. If you didn't, nobody likes a fucking narc. And that is all for this week. Dev, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you. This, this has been a joy. Thank you so much. Thank you. Goodbye, Thank everyone. You. Goodbye. Bye. Signing off.